Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, I want to talk with you about how we should respond, or maybe even more accurately, how we should think and process when tragedy strikes at our school or in our personal lives. I mean, tragedies are all around us, right? From school shootings to natural disasters, car crashes, cancer. It's inevitable that tragedy will strike our schools and our personal lives. And as believers, it can be challenging to make sense of these tragedies. And you know, sometimes we ask, how do we walk through them with our students? And that's what I'm, I don't know if excited is the right word, but honored to be able to um, speak with you about today. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to tell you about um, Poverty Encounter, who has graciously sponsored this episode and actually goes right along with our topic for today. Um, Poverty Encounter is an organization that helps students encounter poverty and see what it's like and how they can help. The reality is so many children around the world don't have the same opportunities as we do here in the States due to poverty and a lack of resources. So imagine, what if you could give your students a glimpse into their lives and provide them with a deeper understanding of global poverty? So Poverty Encounter is an educational exhibit created by the Ministry of Children's Hunger Fund, and they've launched virtual tours as a way to provide students across the country with access to these heartwarming stories. And I've gone through some of them myself, and they really are incredible and very valuable. And the great thing is you can book a free virtual field trip, a 60-minute virtual field trip for your class. Just go to teachfortheheart.com slash poverty. That's teachfortheheart.com slash poverty. As we were saying, today we're talking about tragedies and particularly how we respond to tragedies because they are going to happen. So whether you're listening to this episode because you've gone through one and you searched and you found this episode or whether you're just listening, just running across it and you aren't facing a tragedy now, but you will in the future, I think it's really helpful for us to think through how should we be responding to tragedy? How do we process this, right? I mean, how do we make sense of tragedy? How do we walk through students if, if it's like a school tragedy that they that has been very close to them, something they're experiencing? Now, these are, I'm sure you're aware, very loaded questions. And I want to say right off the bat, I do not have all the answers, but I do have some thoughts that the Lord has been teaching me as we've walked through a recent tragedy. And I, I pray that uh, one or more of these will be helpful for you too. So I'm kind of just going to list some thoughts that I think are really helpful. So number one, it's right to grieve and be sad. I think sometimes there's this little bit of a thought in our mind that as Christians, like we know we're supposed to have joy. So sometimes there's almost a little bit of guilt or or questioning of like, is it right to be sad? And the reality is, Yes, it is right to grieve and it is right to be sad. Um, Having joy in Christ doesn't mean we don't grieve. Just a couple examples from scripture, and there are way more than this, but the Psalms are full of lament, just full of them, recorded for us as examples. Um, Jesus wept at Lazarus' grave, even though he knew he was about to raise him from the dead. And, you know, we are called as Christ's body to weep with those who weep. So clearly, there is biblical grounds for grief, for tears, for being sad. And so I want to say that right off the bat, when you're going through a tragedy or helping someone else through a tragedy, and you feel sad, 
that's okay. That is the right response. Feeling sad is right. And um, I don't know. I just felt like that was helpful for me to just recognize it is, I, I feel really sad and that's right. And that's okay um, to, to grieve and to be sad. Um, number two, another thing that's helpful to recognize, there is nothing natural about death and tragedy. Sometimes when someone dies, people say, you know, this is this is natural. This is part of life. And in one sense, it's true because we're all going to die one day. We all, uh, death is very much a part of our existence. But I found it very helpful to recognize that death and tragedy were not intended by God to be part of our original reality. He always knew they would come. But I meant that the way God created the good, the good world God created did not have death in it. And it did not have tragedy in it. Why do we have sin and death? And, oh, I'm sorry, why do we have death and tragedy? Well, because of sin, right? Sin brought death into this world. And so it is right that we feel with our whole heart and our whole being that this isn't right. Because it's really not. (laughs) When we see someone we love or someone, you know, our students love or whatever the case, when we see people die or people suffer, either, you know, because of the effects of sin in our world, the effects of the fall, and we see someone suffer, we see someone die, and we feel like this isn't right. It is right that we feel that way because it's not right. This is not, it is right that we feel that we are grieved by the effects of the fall because God did not design this world with death in it. God designed it perfect with perfect life. And so it is right um, that we feel that it's wrong, if that makes sense, Um, because we're living in that middle where the curse of sin is very much in effect in our lives. And God has yet to fulfill his promise to make it all right. That fulfillment is coming, but it hasn't happened yet. So number one, it's right to grieve and be sad. Number two, there's nothing um, right or natural about death and tragedy. And so that kind of ties into first one. It is, that's why we feel like it's so, when we feel like it's wrong, it's almost, it's right in a sense that we feel that way. At the same time though, number three, suffering is part of this fallen world and it should be expected. So this is almost a counter to what I just said, but they really go together. And I think recognizing both of them is really important. So just as we said, you know, it's right that we feel that this is wrong and like shouldn't be at the same time, it should not be unexpected and it should not take us completely by surprise. Now, any one given tragedy will probably by nature take us by surprise and just it's it's being unexpected. But I here's what I'm trying to say. Part of our struggle to make sense of tragedy, I believe, comes from the idea of the American dream. So the American dream is basically the belief that the, our goal in life is to make life easy and wonderful and exactly as we want it to be, right? Like the purpose of life is to be happy and enjoy life. But biblically, that's not true. Purpose of life is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And the Bible paints a very different picture of about our life. In fact, the Bible makes it really clear over and over and over that we will face trials, we will face tribulations, and we will face tragedies. It's it's incredibly clear that they're they're we live in a far, foreign world of a fallen world. And so these are going to come repeatedly. And so 
although it is right to be grieved and we will be grieved, we also shouldn't be shocked. And when we are shocked, we need to remind ourselves that this shouldn't have been completely unexpected. Tragedies are grievous and they're awful, but tragically, suffering is part of living in this sin-cursed world. And I don't know if this is helpful for you, but for me, it's been helpful to understand that, that suffering is part of living in this fallen world. And so it, it should be expected. Um, so number one, it's right to grieve and be sad. Number two, there's nothing natural about death and tragedy. It is wrong in a sense. Um, number three, suffering though is part of this fallen world and thus should be expected. So while it's, it's right that we feel that it's wrong, it also shouldn't be completely unexpected. Um, sometimes, what, what I mean by that is sometimes we say like, why, why me, why them, why this? And the truth is we will all deal with tragedy in one form or the other. Um, it is part of life. And number four, trying to understand why isn't always helpful. We might struggle to understand why God allowed this particular tragedy to happen. And I, I know I've wrestled with these questions. I think it's very natural to ask the question. But at some point, in, like I said, trying to understand why isn't always helpful. And if you get to a point where you're realizing, I, I really am str- like struggling with the why, and it's I'm, asking this question isn't helpful, sometimes it's just helpful to recognize this isn't helpful. Okay? The reality is that in many times, we cannot understand. And trying to see why, in some cases, isn't helpful. Sometimes the why you can see, you can kind of start to see, man, this is how God is using it, or this is what God is doing. But sometimes it's just dark, and trying to imagine a why or what good's going to come out of it just feels impossible. And so when that happens, we need to choose to rest in the promise that God will redeem even this, that He will use it for good, even when we don't understand how that's remotely possible. I mean, God promises over and over in the Bible. I mean, the most probably prominent verse that comes to mind is Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that all things work together for good to those that love God. And the next verse goes on to give us a clue about how. It talks about whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So in other words, tragedy God uses in our lives to make us more like Christ. And and we can rest in that promise. We can rest in the promise that God is going to use this even when it seems like that is completely impossible. And trying to, I guess what I'm saying is trying to draw a line from this tragedy is going to create this good and so it's worth it. That line is very, <laughs> very rarely clear. And trying to draw that line is is not always helpful. But just choosing to trust God, that God will draw the line in his ways and and just just leaving it at that, at that I, I have found to be somewhat helpful. Um, number five. We need an eternal perspective. This ties into what we just talked about. Um, a lot of times when we look at today, we cannot possibly imagine how this could ever be used for good. But when we consider how eternity is before us, we can trust that God is working at purposes that will last for eternity, calling people to himself and transforming us into the image of Christ. In other words, we have to raise our eyes from the here and now 
to eternity. We are so caught up in this life because this is where we live. We live here and now in this year, right? In this month, in this day. And sometimes we can see out a couple months or maybe even a year or two. But that's a that's about as far as our thinking out typically goes, except to maybe imagine, you know, life without a person. It, it, it's just, it's just, it just feels dark. Um, but stepping out and looking at eternity, realizing that even, you know, the next 40 years of our lives on earth are but a drop in a bucket compared to eternity. This is just such a tiny piece of our existence, even though it's all encompassing right now. And realize that often what God is doing is for eternity, even if it's really difficult now. So just kind of getting our eyes up and beyond the temporary. Um, 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18 is helpful in this regard. The verse says, for this light momentary affliction, which (laughs) before I keep going, light momentary affliction. Keep in mind, this is written by Paul, who is... I believe this epistle is written from prison. He's endured many beatings, um, you know, hated by many, stoned, um, shipwrecked. I mean, he's dealt with, uh, many of his friends have been killed. Like, he's dealt with a lot, okay? So when he says this light momentary affliction, he's not, it, it's not light. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't seem light, okay? He's choosing to view it that way. For this light momentary affliction, is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient or temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. In the notes of this episode, I'm going to link to a sermon that um, was preached at our church a few months ago on this, and I felt like it was one of the best sermons I'd ever heard on tragedy and on and on suffering. And I'm going to link to it. So if you'd like the link to that, you can go to teachfortheheart.com slash 181, and we'll have the link to that message there. It's on this verse. It's really helpful. It dives way deeper into this thought. Um, so if you are going through something, I highly recommend hopping over to teachfortheheart.com slash 181 and getting the link to that message. All right, let's recap. Number one, it's right to grieve and be sad. Number two, there's nothing natural about death and tragedy, so it's right that we feel that it's wrong. Number three, suffering is part of a fallen world, however, and so thus should be expected. Uh, Next, trying to understand why isn't always helpful. Uh, Next, we need an eternal perspective. Here's the next one. Number six, Jesus suffered. And oh, how this one has been really helpful for me. Um... You know, I've thought many times of the verse in Isaiah, Isaiah 53, where it says, he is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And immediately our mind might go to, well, the cross, Jesus suffered on the cross. And clearly that is the greatest example of suffering (laughs) that we have. But there were many other examples too. Jesus lost a friend, Lazarus. That's where the verse verse Jesus wept came from, where he he cried at Lazarus' grave. By all accounts, it really appears that Jesus lost his father, Joseph, at some point in his life. He was betrayed by his one of his closest friends, Judas. And and we could go on and on and list other things that that Jesus dealt with in his life, physical suffering, um, he you know, the, the temptation in the wilderness, so so many things. And so you know, he was he was misunderstood. And this is one that's interesting. You know, we all know well Jesus died and rose again, but think about that for a second. Jesus literally was killed. There is no one else that has knows what it's like to be killed 
and can tell us, like, <laughs> can empathize with us. But we have a Savior that literally knows what it's like to walk through that death's door. And he's with us. And so, I don't know, just, just recognizing Jesus suffered. We have a Savior and a friend who suffered greatly who understands what it is like to suffer and to go through tragedy, both his own and with friends around him. And that's just just been such a help for me in so many ways. First first of all, in knowing that, like I said, we, we we have a Savior that knows what it's like. But also in recognizing that God didn't spare Jesus suffering. It's not like Jesus had a perfectly charmed life and just had to suffer the cross. Jesus dealt with a lot in his life. He was poor, dealt with poverty. I mean, I, I, I keep more things keep coming to mind. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And, and so the fact that he went through that, he chose to go through that, God the Father put Jesus through that. So God isn't putting us, if, if, I don't even know if that's helpful language to say God is putting us through a tragedy, but but nonetheless, he, he isn't asking us to walk through anything that his son didn't walk through, that Jesus himself, our savior, hasn't gone through. Obviously, the suffering might be different, but I'm saying he gets it and he's gone through it and and he and we have him. He is our friend and our savior. And so, I don't know, just thinking about that has been very helpful for me. I hope these broken and <laughs> still half-formed thoughts, you can tell I'm still working through a lot of this, are, are of some benefit to you. So finally, and kind of putting it all together, God must be our hope. God must be our hope. The reality is that one day, God will make all things right. Remember I said we have a, need an internal perspective. You know, we live in the middle right now. We live in the middle where on one hand, God, God has reconciled to us through the death of his son, but he has yet to completely eliminate the curse of sin. That part is not done yet. One day, he will end sin's curse, make a new heaven and a new earth, wipe away every tear, set up his kingdom where he will rule with perfect justice. I mean, one day that our faith will be made sight and that is the reality we will experience. But until that day, our hope must be in him, in the fact that he is with us, that he will never leave us, that he understands, that he will get us through today, that he promises to bind our broken hearts, and that he will one day make us whole. And so as we as we suffer, as we walk through tragedy with those who are suffering, um, remembering that our hope must be in him um, is incredibly, incredibly helpful. Let's take a moment and pray together. Father, thank you so much for the truth of your word that helps us to navigate um, through trials and tragedies and and suffering. And I pray for um, any teachers who's listening to this right now, whether they're walking through a tragedy now or just trying to think through these things, um, knowing that tragedies are part of life and they will come at some point. And I pray that you will implant your word in our hearts, help us to have a right view of tragedy and suffering so that we are better equipped when they do come. And then when they do come, Father, please walk. We know you will walk with us. Turn our eyes to you. Turn our hearts to you. Uh, May we always go to you 
with with everything that we're experiencing, Father. Um, and we praise and thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. In Jesus' name, amen. And I think I'm going to leave you just with that one final thought that if you're walking through a tragedy now and you're struggling, just walk through it with God. Just talk to him about it. I, I mentioned that the Psalms are full of lament, and I'm learning more about that, that you know, if you read through the Psalms, you don't see people that have all the answers and have it all together and are coming to God with perfect trust in every moment. You see people that are struggling with these truths, that are struggling to make sense of very difficult things. But they're but the psalmist is going to God, pouring out his concerns and his questions and his fears and even his complaints to God. And so if you are dealing with something difficult now or when you do in the future, I think that's the biggest key is just is just seeking to walk through it with God, going to him. And, um, and he will walk it through it with us and just, and trusting that, um, even if you're having trouble trusting right now, even, even sharing that with him and, and knowing that he is with us and he, he will walk you through it. So, um, thank you so much for listening to this. Once again, you can get all the notes from this episode or a list. If you want to share this episode with someone, probably the best way to share it is by sending them to teachfortheheart.com slash 181. That's teachfortheheart.com slash 181. And if you're looking for, you know, help, encouragement, or need help working through this at all, our Facebook group is a great place um, to connect with our community. Um, there's just so many amazing people in there that um, would love to help. You know, we can help each other work through some of this. Um, you can join that group at teachfortheheart.com slash Facebook. Well, thank you guys again so much. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.